Hey guys, it's Nick. Uh, you are about to hear my talk from SM Night, but we had some audio troubles, so it is not going to sound as crisp as it usually does, so we apologize for that, but hopefully you can still hear what God had to say at SM Night this night. Thanks. Hope you enjoy. Because they, how would they not match? doesn't make any sense. 
All right, the next one. Cheez-Its. There's no Z in Cheez-Its. It is Cheez-It. Look at a box of Cheez-It. It is Cheez-It. Singular. There's no Z on the box of Cheez-Its, but we call it Cheez-Its. I even said that just now five times. There is no Z on a Cheez-It box. Mind blown. I don't know why I thought that, but there was. The next one. Have you ever heard of the color chartreuse? That is not chartreuse. Chartreuse is green. I have in front of adult human beings that I respect said chartreuse confidently talking about purple. And it is green. And I was a fool for thinking that. But chartreuse, commonly thought to be purple, it's actually green. The next one comes from a movie. Comes from a movie. You know how to do movies. Luke is going to play a clip and it's going to stop. And you guys are going to complete the line. Okay? Luke, hit it. Alright. I'll just act it out. Don't worry about it. Skip it. Luke says... Okay. Yeah, Aiden. What does Luke say? <laughs> Who knows what Luke says right here? Come here. Come here. Come here. Say it. Come here. No. No, you, you didn't know the link. Say it into the microphone. It's not what Luke says. It's what Vader no, says. No, but tell me what Luke says to set up what Vader says. Uh, is not true. Obi-Wan told me everything. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. No, don't boo him. That was pretty close. Stop it. All right, you know what? No audience participation. You guys ruined it. You're not going to boo somebody here. Luke, to paraphrase, and you can't even run against show that because in case I'm wrong, Luke says that, he goes, you killed my father! And then Vader says what? So a lot of you got that right. He says, no, I am your father. But if you hear that paraphrased anywhere else, you're going to hear Luke, I am your father. Right? That's like the famous line, but it's actually no. I am your father. Yeah. All right, well, that's right. That's, right. that's just something I found. All right, and last one. Last one. This one blew my mind. Blew my mind. Okay? It's a song that came out a long time ago, but we all know it. Okay? Throw the first slide up. I think there's only one slide. Throw it up. The song by the band Queen, in almost every recording, it ends in a certain way. It goes, we are the champions, we are the champions, now time for me, we are the champions. Dun, 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 dun. No, you're wrong. They do not say of the world at the end of, of we are the champions. That's how they end it. It goes, dun, 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 dun. And then it just ends. That's the end of the song. In every single recording you can find of Queen singing the song, except one live performance that they did, he sang the, oh, and that's what is stuck in everyone's mind. But every recording you can find of it just ends. But we, we couldn't even play the clip we had ready. You think I'm going to prove this? Go to the end. You can't spell champion. 
phone. You better watch out. Be like middle school again. Um, the point, the point is that in a lot of places in our culture, in our world, there are these facts that we've twisted, that we've gotten to the point where we think we know how something is, but in fact, it is not the case, and we find ourselves asking, wait, why did I think that? Who told me that was the way that that was? And in Genesis 3, the continuation on from where we were last week, God asked this very question, who told you that to Adam and Eve? And so I want to dive back in. We're going to overlap a little bit. We're going to start in verse 1 and then jump to verse 8. And we'll, we'll see some familiar uh, verses from last week and then we'll continue on past. So verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Jumping to verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? Right? That's where we were last week. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Adam said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And she said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Right, bookending with that description of the serpent. We start out chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the most devious creature that God had created. At the end, we see that he, that the serpent had tricked them. The serpent asked in verse 1 of Eve, did God actually say not to eat from the tree in the garden? God's, God's question God's question of who told you that is his response to another way to read that, who told you that, would be who made that known to you. Who told you that or who made that known to you. God asks Adam and Eve this question so that they know that without a doubt, the reason that they know that what they did was wrong, that they felt that shame, that they hid in the garden was because that he was the one who made it known to them. In verse 7, we saw that Adam and Eve, as soon as they ate the fruit, they immediately knew that they were naked and they hid. Now that they know who it was that made them known, God spoke in the garden, he speaks today, but just like Adam and Eve, we are easily duped, we are easily tricked, we, or we're just not listening to what he's saying. There's a German theologian, he lived a long time ago, and you'll be able to tell that by the quote that I'm about to read you of his. His name is Thomas Akempis, and he had this thing that he used to say, a prayer, that, a very short prayer he would pray before any time he read scripture. And it would go like this, let all voices be stopped, speak to me, Lord, thou alone. And if I was going to paraphrase that into Nick speak, into the way that I hear and, and use language, I would say, everyone shut up, except you, God. Everyone shut up, except you, God. Let all voices be stopped. Speak to me, Lord, you alone. Last week, we talked about where are we. We looked at the question, where are you? Are we where God calls us, or where someone else 
wants us to be. And the question we have to ask ourselves if we're not where God has called us, if we're not where God wants us to be, is who told us how to get there? And so the way we're going to look at this um, is there's this thing, uh, it, 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 it's kind of how to, how to frame this idea, and we're going to look at personal convictions versus scriptural revelation. And those are like bigger words and, and maybe not like as clear common phrases, and we're going to dive into those in a second. But by personal convictions, all I mean, or scriptural revelation, is deciding on who is telling you who made something known to you. Right? So they're looking at the same questions, but are we, is this a personal conviction? Is this something that like we are just deciding or coming out from uh, without any scriptural basis? Or is it a scriptural revelation, something you can point to in scripture and say this is where that comes from? So as we apply these two principles to try to figure out what voices we're listening to in life, is it coming from literally anywhere else or is it coming from scripture? There are a, a certain questions that we ask ourselves to kind of see how the answers line up. And these questions are, are big ones and ones that oftentimes we try to avoid. Often they're try, questions that we don't even want to think about how we're getting to the answers. Right? Questions like who we are, what we are, where we are, what we ought to be doing. And when we listen to the other voices, the things we believe about ourselves... Guys, the things that we believe about ourselves, when we look at these questions, who we are, we believe, because of these other voices, because of Satan, because of the serpent in the garden, we believe we are worthless. When we look at what we are, we believe that we are condemned, that we have no hope of redemption. When we look at where we are, we believe we are right in our attempts to hide from God, that anywhere but where God wants us is where we ought to be. And when we look at what we ought to be doing, we think to ourselves, we listen to these voices, and we think, we can do whatever the heck we want. Because that's what the world, that's what these voices are telling us that we can do. But when we look to Scripture, when we think about these things in the way that God is answering these questions, when we look, we see in Psalm 23, we see that we are led by the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want I shall not want. We see in Galatians 5, we see in Galatians 5 that you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. We see that we are called by God. We are called to run well, to obey truth. And in Romans 8, we see, it says, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? It is God who justifies. Who is it? to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. I'm not making this up. This is coming from the Bible. And right there we see that we are justified, that we are righteous in the sight of God. God declares all believers to be righteous, to have worth. So that when we look at these questions of who we are, what we are, where we are, what we ought to be doing, we should not be seen we are worthless, we are condemned, we are hiding, we can do whatever we want. Who is the one who condemns? Who told you you were worthless, you were small, pathetic, alone? Who is telling you these things? Because it's not God. All you need to do is crack the Bible open to see that. It is not God. 
In Deuteronomy 8, chapter 3, Moses is talking to the Israelites. And he says, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And there are two things that I think are important in there, right? Two things that Moses is telling the Israelites that we need, that God told him to tell us, to tell them that we need bread alone. We cannot live by bread alone, but we need it, right? We need the bread. And man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So we need the bread, and we need the words of the Lord. And there's no bread in the garden. We haven't come across bread yet in Genesis chapter 3, but there was what? What did they eat? They ate fruit, right? There was food in the garden. And one of the things that we, you know, if, we, if I could, we would sit up here and we would just read through the entire context of what got us to chapter 3. So that we would see all of this, but then we would be sitting here for a very, very long time. And so in Genesis chapter 2, right before the, the verses we've read the last two weeks, in Genesis chapter 2, oh, I have a slide, awesome. In Genesis chapter 2, it says, this is the setup for 3, right? This is right before it. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat. Of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And from these three verses, we kind of are given this key in how to read what happens in chapter 3, right? The trees, the trees are representative here of the needs of Adam and Eve. The needs that they have of, of eye or mind, and all I mean by that is kind of how they are seeing things, right? If you go back to, sorry, go back to that uh, Genesis 2 slide, right? Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. To work it and to keep it, there's purpose. There's a way that he should now be viewing the garden, not just as a, as a cool place to be, but a place where he is to keep, to work, to, to preserve, to care for, right? It's a way of thinking, it's also the food, right? In verse 16, the Lord God commanded, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden. We got to eat. We need food. There's physical needs that we need. And ultimately, those two things lead to life. And if you do not do those two things, you will surely die, right? Implying that if you do them, if those things are kept, if those needs are met, they will lead to life. But what happens in chapter 3 that we read last week, right? And this week. It's not life. But death, expulsion from the garden, separation from God. And we see that the need of the mind, the need of the eye, is just thinking about how we see things, right? Just thinking of that, of how to put into context what we're seeing, what we're doing, of how to approach that. The food, representing just all physical needs, not just food, but any physical need that we might encounter in life, and ultimately life abundant now and eternal, now and later. Now the thing that happens, right, that, that we read in the first verse and the 13th verse when we bookended with the serpent, the temptation of the serpent of Satan is to flip that order. And it's nothing crazy. When we think of temptation, right, we think of this like huge thing that's going to be so different from the way that God wants us to live, but Satan doesn't do that. It's just a quick flip. 
just a quick flip. Instead of approaching things with, right, if we use the Deuteronomy 8 language, with the word of the Lord, right? Man cannot live by bread alone, but with the word of the Lord. If we approach things with the word, and then we have our needs met, the bread, then we will live eternal. But Satan just flips that a little bit. Why not put the food needs before the mind? Why not have the bread before, before the word of the Lord? And he doesn't just do that to Adam and Eve. Satan does this to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I would think so. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command those stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He quotes Moses here to Satan, trying to tempt him. Just, just get that bread before the word. We cannot live on bread alone. God's word navigates us to abundant life. And the two big examples of where I see this, in my life, in my friends' life, lives, in when I was in high school, in you guys, high school and middle school, now in adults, in college, pretty much in everybody, the two big ways that I see this, the two big, right, we're going to talk about needs, we're going to talk about physical needs, the two big things I see that are, are sex and substances, right, the two S's, the two things we need. And we feel like we need them. But we don't just see them correctly through God's word, right? We don't need them the way that God tells us in the scriptures that we, they are meant, those needs are meant to be met, right? We feel like we need them because everybody is doing that. We need them because it will give us something to do. It will give us purpose because we want to, because we'll feel freedom, because we'll feel something, because it will dull our pain. We've been told that these things, that these things that we need, and we need them now, and we need it all, and we need them immediately. That without them, we'll be just like Adam and Eve, that we'll realize that we are naked and that we will be ashamed. But I'll just ask you the same thing that God asked Adam and Eve. Who told you that? We have flipped the order Right, we're trying to meet these needs that we have, but we're not trying to see how God wants those needs to be met. You cannot live on bread alone. You need the word of the Lord. It's got to come first. It's got to lay the, the foundation. It's got to set the path. It's got to navigate you towards how to encounter these situations because Satan's not going to tempt you in some crazy different way. It's going to be a small thing. It's going to be just Reverse the order of how you approach these situations. And just like in the garden, when we flip, that will lead us to separation from God, to expulsion from the garden, to death. God's word navigates us to abundant life, life with him now, and life with him eternal. Who told us different? Let's please stop listening. Because God tells us so much in this book, in the Bible. There's so much in here that, that is a way of God to speak to us, a way to encounter any situation that you might 
encounter, any, any situation where you feel like you're being tempted to put a need ahead of God's word. I promise you, the Bible can answer that situation. Jesus can answer that situation. Uh, I'm going to, hopefully we can continue to talk about this idea in small group tonight. And, and what I want to do, I want to pray for us. And before I, even, before I even get into that prayer, I just want to repeat that, that quote from Thomas the Kempis. God, let all voices be stopped. Speak to me, Lord, you alone. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to dive into your word, to see how it is there, not as a set of rules to follow, not as, as a thing to lock us in, to chain us down, but it is a source of freedom. God, it is a source of, of navigation towards a better life, a life with you now and forever. God, be with each and every group tonight as we break out across this building to continue talking about your word. Let all other voices be quieted. Let your voice reign supreme in all of our lives. God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity to gather in community together. And all God's people said, amen.